So I don't know if you know this, but my name is Daniel. It is true. That's my name. That's the name that my mom gave me and my parents at some point gave me. And uh, honestly, I don't know if I've ever asked them why my name was Daniel. Like, I, I need to ask that question. Like, I was thinking, man, I need to ask my mom that question. It's like, what was the rationales as to why did you name me Daniel? But this is one of the things I figured out is that Daniel uh, comes from uh, a Hebrew word. I mean, so it's a Hebrew word. Uh, and, and it literally means God is my judge. That's, my, that's the meaning of my name. I don't know about you, but as a young person, I kind of struggled with, <laughs> with that meaning. You know, it's like, uh, God is my judge. That's, that's a tough one. Like, what, what is that all about, you know? And I know that my parents had a purpose in naming me that name. And there was some reason. Maybe they had read the Bible and they just liked the story of Daniel. Maybe, maybe they read it and they saw Daniel and they're like, you know, he's kind of a cool guy. I mean, he was a man of integrity. He did some neat things. He stood for God when nobody else would. And so maybe that's why they, maybe that's why they named me Daniel. But, 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 but it is one of those things that every name seems to have a meaning, you know. I mean, it really does. It, all names come from somewhere. Uh, I was thinking about my wife's name. My wife's name is Gretchen. And uh, that actually is, is a German kind of origin name, but it's, uh, it means pearl. Isn't that interesting? Pearl. So, you know, she's shiny like a pearl. Um, she's shiny like a pearl. No, how about this? She's valuable. How about that? That's good. That's good. My daughter's name is Svea. Now, I know for many of you, it's hard to say that because it's a Swedish name. As a matter of fact, I was at a restaurant the other, actually this week, and I was telling someone my daughter's name, and they could not say the name. Like, they just could They were like, like, I mean, literally, and, and this literally happened. This, this, this has happened. There was a lady across the way that was a speech therapist who overheard him struggling to say the name and came over and gave him a lesson in how to properly say the name. I was like, come on. That's amazing. You know, and her name, it, it, it really is, it means like Swede. And it was kind of associated with like a queen. And, and, but, but we've always kind of referred to it as God's little Swede. All right. And so that's, that's what we, we named her. Thank you. Sweet. Um, but then my, I have a son, and his name's Caleb, and he's down here right here. So say, hi, Caleb. That's Caleb. Caleb's getting confirmed today. And Caleb's name is a Hebrew name as well, and it, it, it actually means a dog. <laughs> he, he may not have known that. It literally means a dog. But, but the, the, the nuance to that is that it, it, it's like faithful, you know. There's a devotion, uh, wholeheartedness, bold, brave. And so there's a variety of things that come with that name. And, and I remember when we named him, it was just like that, that was the right name for him. And, and, and then finally, I have a daughter. Her name is Evie. And Evie's name is kind of a it's, a, it's two words that come together. You know, it's almost like a, they call it a pet name where you, you pull these two names together. And so it comes from the name Evangelica. Uh, and then the name Eve. And so you have Evangelica and Eve put together and you get Evie. And Evangelica means bringer of good news. And then Eve means life. And so she's a bringer of good news and life. And, and I see that in her. I, I see a lot of life in Evie. 
Amen. Some of you are like, yes, 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 yes. I don't know if you've ever asked yourself what your name is meant or what it means or why you were named that. Maybe you even know the story. Uh, but I guarantee you there was a reason for naming you that. Most parents don't just flip through a book and go, okay, we're going to name him Beelzebub. <laughs> that usually is not how that works. Or, you know, and that's why you don't have people named like, uh, <sighs> I was trying to think of a really bad name. Like, oh, Bathsheba. Like, have you ever met a Bathsheba? I've never met a Bathsheba, you know? It's like, huh, that's weird. That was the woman that uh, King David had an affair with and all that. That typically doesn't get lifted up. So, so there's this reason. <laughs> there's this, hey, Bathsheba, come on. This. <laughs> I would change my name, I think, if, if that was my name. But, but you know, it's, it's hard. As a parent, you want to make sure that you name this little one the best name you can possibly come up with. And so I don't know if you know what your name is, and perhaps you do, but, but I, I did want to kind of do something special for our confirmands as I looked up y'all's names. How about that? And uh, I already talked about Caleb's name, so I won't go into that. But there's a guy named Carlos sitting right here. Hey, Carlos, how are you? What's good? Thank you. <laughs> Apparently his father is named Carlos as well. <laughs> but as I was looking at it, it has kind of kingly origins. And it's Spanish and Portugal kind of brought together. It means full grown or like a man, manly. How about that? Or a free man. I kind of like that. So basically, Carlos, you're really manly. <laughs> I like that. He's a man. All right, and then Gracie's down here as well. And so, Gracie, uh, your name means favor or blessing. Uh, it's a name that was popularized in the 17th century uh, by Puritans who would bestow it as a reference to God's favor and love towards humanity. How about that? Very special, right? And you know, all the parents are like, yeah, I knew that. I did that. <laughs> I did that. That was very special. Yeah, see, see, there's something powerful about a name and, and the origins of the name and where the name comes from and the meaning behind the name. And, 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 and so we all get that, you know. We all understand that. And there's an original intent to the name. And, and, and here's the thing, though, that sometimes I'm struggling with, and, and perhaps you've struggled with this as well, is that what happens in life sometimes is that the name we're given isn't always the name that we're living out. Get this. In other words, the name that we were given doesn't always seem to get acted out in our lives. Sometimes there are people who define us in such a way that our name stops being the name. Sometimes there are situations. Sometimes there are circumstances. Sometimes there are decisions that we even make that certain names, maybe I'd use the word labels, get associated with our names, and then what happens is we stop living out what we were originally called to be. And there's a variety of reasons why that is, and, and I, I suspect that this message isn't just for our confirmands today. Is that some of us today are living out a story that's not even the story that we were supposed to be living out. That, that we're not really living into the name that we were given. And I, I want to dig into that a little bit because I feel like God wants to set some people free today. I really do. Free to be exactly who God has called you to be. 
Because the culture in the world oftentimes will try and gobble up the very thing that God intended you to be. And so here's a question I have for you is what name are you answering to today? What name is it that you sometimes answer to? Uh, and I, I won't go into all that, but maybe it was, you know, well, I, I don't want to even go into it. Because you, you get it. There are names that sometimes get associated with us. But here's the thing that I want to say to you confirmants today. Is that what you just did just a moment ago. Is you confirmed in your life that this is true. That your name, your name is Christian. Like that's what you did. And that's actually a unifying name that, that, that people in the church take on. And so it's kind of cool, it's kind of cool, because see, if your name uh, got changed, you know, if your name got adjusted at some point, if your name got flipped around or misinterpreted, or, or perhaps you've even been called something over and over and over and over again, here's the good news, that in Jesus, you get a new name. Isn't that good? I mean, I, guys, I think that's really good. Because, see, we all bring certain things to the story. And some of us bring good things, and some of us don't bring good things. And some of us are kind of a mixed bag, you know what I mean? But here's the good news, is that the, the, the Bible says that when we accept Jesus, we get a new name. Yeah. And that name, that name is Christian. Yeah. And that's good? It, it, means, it means a follower of Christ, or even a little Christ. That's what, you're all a bunch of little Christs out there. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, that's what you are. You're just, you're a follower of Christ. You're a little Christ. And, and this is what I've figured out, though, is that the culture on a regular basis wants to adjust your name. There are people in this world that want to change your name. They're not okay with your name. Matter of fact, your name shows up in the room and they're like, oh, God, help us. Right? Have you ever been that? You ever been that person? Like you come to family gatherings and they're like, oh, God, here are the Christians. It's going to be a party today. You know, walked into a room and it's like a, a, a meeting or lunchtime. No one wants to sit with you because you're a Christian. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever had these happen to you. I have. And if you haven't had these things happen to you, more than likely you aren't being loud enough about the fact that you're a Christian. Just let that sit there. Because I think that's true. I think if we're, if we're vocal enough in a culture that is oftentimes hostile, you'll get some heat. You will. And so the culture on a regular basis is trying to change our name. And guys, this one, I have, I have to tell you this, that you walk out of this place and you start saying, my name's a Christian, you're going to find yourself sometimes in tension. That's going to happen. It, it really will happen. And there's this amazing story in Daniel that I want to share with you this morning. Uh, is that a coincidence? <laughs> I think not. Daniel... Chapter 1, and look at this. I want to read this from verse 3 and 4 and then verse 7. And so just so you're aware, Babylon has taken over Israel. Okay, Israel has been disobedient to God and they've been taken over and many of them have been put in exile. Okay, and so we enter into the story in that context and setting. It says, then the king ordered Aspenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Okay, so you get that. They're in, in captivity. Then verse 4, it says, Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men. 
Let me just say that, just for a second. The world oftentimes looks at the exterior. That's the first thing they look at. The Bible says that God looks at the heart. That's important. Watch this. It says, make sure that they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. So that's the type of individual they're looking for. Got it? Then watch this. It says, train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. Now this is important because, see, when someone was taken over, if they could get them to stop listening to their stories to learn a new language, then what happens is they're able to assimilate and conform to the culture that they're in. And that's what they wanted. And so oftentimes you see in culture where groups will go in and take the language away from the people and have them learn a new language. And that's intentional because it ultimately takes away something that's very important about who they are. Get this. You guys still with me? It gets better, I'm telling you. Just stay here. Verse 7, watch this. The chief of staff renamed. See that? The chief of staff renamed them with Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belteshazzar. Now that, my friends, is not a good name, but it's it's a name. Hananiah was called Shadrach. You see where this is going? Some of you remember the story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Here's the thing. You're going to learn something today about those names. Mishael was called Meshach, and Azariah was called Abednego. All right. Now, I know that at this point I'm talking about names, and some of you are really bored. But you've got to stop. You've got to listen. Because this is really a big deal. So what's happening is that Daniel and his friends' names were changed, get this, by the dominant and conquering king of Babylon. And oftentimes in the Bible, the king of Babylon is associated with the kings of this world. Get this. And so what's happening is that, that these young men are having their names changed and we read it in the English and there's nothing about it that seems strange because in the Bible, people's names are changed all the time. Like if you've ever read the Bible, it's like, yeah, that was Sarai, now she's Sarah, and there was Abram, and now he's Abraham. And you know, and you get it. And so names change all the time for a reason because God wants to call you something or call out of you something and so he wants to, you to live into something and so your name gets changed but, 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 but what happens is because we only read English we don't understand the Hebrew that this was originally written in we read through it and we say yep name change and we move on but I want you to see something today this is important their names were changed into Babylonian names and, and, and I have a slide for you to help you but, but I want to I show you first what Daniel's name shifted to Okay, so Daniel's name, which is God is my judge, and he's talking about Yahweh God. God is my judge. Okay, to Belth, to Shazar, look at this. It shifted to a new meaning, and his name now was Lady. Lady. Now, guys, I don't know about you, but a lot of men don't like to be called ladies. 
Did you know that? I know. It's crazy. Now, there are some, but, but this, this is true. Lady. And then it was protect the king. This is good. It shifted the focus. Look, there's a shift here. And so the focus was on God at one point to now a focus on man. An all-powerful God to a God or a little king who needs protection. So he was shifting their name intentionally to where it became focused on the things of this world. And matter of fact, it became almost androgynous. That his name, his name shifted from being a man to a lady. That seems kind of important, doesn't it? But then watch this, Hananiah. From Hananiah, which means Yahweh has been gracious to Shadrach. Stay with me. And that is a shift. It says, I am fearful of God, right? So I'm fearful of God because of who he is. Then it shifts to, the shift is gracious, loving God to tyrannical God to be feared and focused on God to be focused on self. Getting this? So, so what's happening is there's a shift to where I'm, I'm settled in God because he's been gracious to me. I understand the relationship to a shift to now I'm fearful of God. I'm fearful of man. And so they keep going. They're shifting their names. They're changing their names. They go on and it says from Michelle, it says, who can, who can compare to my God? No one to Meshach, right? And so I am despised, contemptible, or humiliated. That's what Meshach, as you sing the song from now on, that's what you're singing. Meshach means despised, contemptible, or humiliated. See, that's the shift. The shift is from focus to, on God to a focus on self, a focus on confidence, to a focus on cowardice. His names are shifting. These are things we don't see. Then from Azariah, it says, God has helped. That's Azariah. God has helped. And then look, it's to Abednego, which is the servant of Nebo. In other words... What he's, what he's trying to get us to see is that we are a son of God and now we have shifted to a slave of man. Get it? Now, I know that I'm kind of geeking out right now because I'm a Bible nerd. And I know like, you're like, okay, fine, I get it. I feel like I'm reading the genealogy in Matthew. It's over. <laughs> but that seems like a big deal to me. That, that if, the, if the culture says... This is who you are, and I am now changing your name to dominate you so that you won't live into or fulfill the purpose that God has for you. That seems pretty significant. And matter of fact, I would say that I don't see this as just kind of one of those things that happens in the past. I see this happening all the time. I see this happening all the time where people and the culture try and change the name they try and shift it, adjust it, make it more palatable. Come on. Make it more palatable. Make it more PC. And so what happens is we start to lose the very thing that God has called us to be. And so we're attempting to be, we're attempting, uh, uh, what's happening is we're, we're being brought into this conform, where we are now conforming to the things of this world. Matter of fact, I see this in our culture now. You just go on, on, don't go online and do this. I'll do it for you so you don't have to get weird. But there are people today, it's, it's a movement, 
that's really about personal identification. Okay? And I know this makes people uncomfortable, and I'm fine with that. Because I think it's important. What's happening is that we have people now that have, and and to be fair to them, uh, decided that language really is so subjective that it can be adjusted in any context. Okay? That's kind of, to be fair. So the language is being... But what happens as a result of this, stay with me, what happens as a result of this is that people now can identify as things that they're not. That's what's happening. So, like, literally, there are people now that identify with, I'm identifying as a tree or a fish. And I know that's, like, I'm playing this thing out to, to, to the absurd for a reason. But that's what's happening and so, so now there's this movement of identification. And the thing I want to say to you today is that this is why it's so important that we know our name, that we stay with the name that we're given. Now, I'm not even talking about the name that your parent gave you. I'm talking about the name that God gave you. Because, see, when you keep that name and you say, you know what, I love you and I'm going to pray for you, but I'm still going by the name. I'm not shifting, changing, conforming just because everybody else is. Because, see, the dominant culture, here's it is. (laughs) The dominant culture isn't always right. People in power aren't always right. People that sit in ivory towers in the academia are not always right. And it's important that we see this. See, the Bible says that knowledge puffs up. And I find that a lot of people think they know a lot of things because we live in the information world. Everybody's got information. And it's making everybody a little dangerous, in my opinion. Because everybody's got information. And this information isn't being processed through the proper lens. Especially for believers. And let me just settle this for you. You probably know it. But if you're a believer, you are a Christian. You are a little Christ doesn't matter what people say or do. That's who you are. We are followers of Jesus. We are his kids. That means we identify with him and not with the world. And this is important, guys, because if you don't settle this, you will walk into that next meeting and you'll be silent. And you'll let somebody else tell you what you are. I hate that. I don't ever want anybody to define who I am. I want God to define who I am. I want Jesus to tell me who I am. Listen to this. If you don't, I know that I'm, I'm kind of being hardcore here, but I want my compromands to hear this. Because, see, you stood up and you said, hey, I'm in. I want God in my life. I'm identifying as a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. That's who I am. That's my name. Get that? It's your name. Then listen to this in Romans 12, 1 through 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God... To present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. So you're not just presenting your mind or your heart, you're presenting your bodies too. Your bodies. Guys, we do a lot of things with our bodies that are not okay. It's just not. And I could go into a whole thing on bodies. I don't want to do it. I won't do it. But one of the things I've figured out Um, There's a really great book out there that if you want to read it, it's called Love Thy Body. Um, 
And it's written by a Christian woman, but she particularly focuses on the fact that one of the things that the culture has tried to convince us of is that the body is really this kind of this, this matter, it's just this mass that's to be used by us. And see, when you get to that point, like in other words, it's my body, I can do what I want with it. Like when you get to that point, do you see where that can take you? See, the Bible says just the opposite of that. Your body is actually God's. It's the temple of the Lord to be used for the holy things of God. It's not intended to be used by you for anything that you want. That's like the short version. So if you want to read the book, you can. But it's really good because it's fighting against something in our culture that's messed up. It's messed up. And then verse 2. Come on, here it is. Do not conform. Do not be conformed to this world. You know what that means, right? Don't do what they're doing. You do what God told you to do. And it says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which happens when you read your Bible, right? When you show up, when you learn the things of God, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That's what God wants you to do. So he's saying to you, don't do that. Here's your name. Keep it. Tattoo it on your body if you want to. You know, whatever you got to do, here's your name. And when someone shows up and says, hey, we're going to change that name, you say, no. I know, I know this is really hard, guys. I know it's very confusing and very difficult to understand. But guys, we've got to get a hold of this. Because see, if we allow other people to identify, other people to tell us what it is we are, then man, we're in a real bad place. We really are. See, because see, your identity, your identity is found in being a Christian, not in conforming to the things of this world. Conforming leads to confusion. Let me say that again. I just feel like that was really good and nobody really thought so. <laughs> Conforming leads to confusion. Think about that. As you look around our world today, do you see any confusion? Do you see any confusion? And so my point is, is that that when we don't look at the things that we've been given, when we don't stand on the things that we've been told, when we don't pull those things into our life, what happens is it leads to confusion. Yeah. Christians, the name Christian leads us to a place of clarity. Because see, there's lots of people walking around in this world saying, I don't know who I am. I don't know who I am. I don't know why I'm here. And guess what? Here's the good news, guys. I don't know if you know this, but you have the answer to that question. You really do. We can help people if we want to. See, Christians leads to clarity. I know who I am and whose I am. And it's so important that we get that. And so in a world full of confusion, we bring clarity to it by knowing who we are, fully embracing our identity in Jesus Christ. And here's the thing I want to say to you three this morning. That's this. It's important you know your name. Know your name. And the Bible says that your name is Christian. Number two is identify correctly with the things of God. Identify correctly with all that God has laid out for you. And the way that you know that, you guys know this, you're smart. You're really smart. I've seen it. You know that the way that you know what God wants is you read his word and you find out. That's how you find out. It's not hard. It's not hard. And then number three is do not ever conform to the things of this world. Always be willing to stand up for your faith and say, you know what? You are not going to get to define me. And you know what? Hold on. Hold on. 
I'm talking to everybody here. I'm not just talking to the kids. Guys, this is for all of us. So I know some of you are like checking out because I was talking to the kids. Stay with me. Stay with me. Guys, this is for us. This is for us. Is that we've got to get better here. We've got to be willing to stand up in our faith. Matter of fact, we've got to be willing to be uncomfortable a little bit. To walk into spaces that make us uncomfortable. To stand up when nobody else is. We've got to start to be the people who God has called us to be as individuals and as a church. See, we are defined by God. We are given this clear instruction from him in the word. All right, I'm done. That's all I have today, guys. I know. Simple. It's hard to live out, isn't it? It really is. But I want to pray for you. I want to pray for our church. I want to pray for people in the room that, uh, that maybe just need a little help. And so let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for these young people. I want to pray specifically for them again. Lord Jesus, I ask in Jesus' name that you would solidify in them this name that they are a believer in Jesus Christ that they are a follower of Jesus that they are little Jesuses (laughs) and that that would be clear and purposeful in their life that they might live before this world as light in the midst of darkness as they claim your name they would stand for the things of God. Continuing an attitude of prayer, perhaps you're here today and you've uh, maybe allowed some of that to slip in your life. You know, maybe you've just allowed it to slip a little bit. And you're like, man, I hear you. I hear you, Pastor. I, I want to get some of that right. I need some help. I need, I need some help. The good news is, is that the Bible says that if you'll reach out to God, He'll help you. He's going to help you. He's going to give you what you need. And so I want to pray for those that are wanting to to just kind of solidify this a little bit more in their life. Maybe they've allowed their name to be changed. Or maybe at some point in your life, someone changed your name. God wants to help you there too. And so let me pray for you. God, I pray in Jesus' name that each person in here that desires to stand in the midst of our culture to be the believer, the Christian, the follower of Jesus that they're called to be with love and truth all in the same place. I pray that you would help them to do what you've called them to do. Give them the strength and the power to do that. I also wanna pray for people in the room that perhaps haven't ever claimed that name, that maybe you've never done that. Well, let me tell you a little story. You know, the Bible says that Jesus came into this world with a purpose. And you may or may not know this, but you're the purpose. He loves you. And he recognized that you were separated from God and that this was something he could do something about. And so the Bible says that this little baby was born named Jesus who grew into a man. And after 33 years of ministry, ends up on a cross for a reason. And you're that reason. 
that he gave his life there so that you could be restored back to God. The Bible says that three days later after his death, he beat sin, he beat death, and created a bridge for you to get back to God. Guys, that's the good news. And so I don't know if you've ever accepted that or put your trust in that fact, but I just want to give you an opportunity to do it today. And so right now with heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody's looking around. I'm not going to point you out or do anything like that. I do want you to take a step of faith. And that step of faith is very simple, just that you would raise your hand on the count of three so that I can acknowledge your hand. And then what I want to do is pray for you. And so right now, on the count of three, if you're there, if you're ready to solidify this, claim the name and be that person and receive the grace and the mercy and the love of God so that you might spend eternity with God, go ahead and raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Go ahead. God bless you. Good, 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 (laughs) good, good, good job. One, two, good, three, four, five, six. That's good. Guys, that's good, isn't it? That's good. All right. Hey, if you raise your hand, you can put it down. Church, we're all going to be praying together. We're all praying together. We're all, all going to pray together. And so if you, if you raised your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer after me so that you can just uh, be done with it. You won't have to wonder anymore. And so let's, let's all pray this together. Lord Jesus, I need you. I need a Savior. Will you forgive me of my sins? Will you set me free? I claim the name of Jesus. I choose to stand on that name. Be Lord of my life. Guide me the rest of my days. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's celebrate those that are making decisions. So good. So good. Amen.